You're listening to the Embrace Running Podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Elena, and this is episode number 219 for March 27, 2017. Well, we have quite a hodgepodge of stuff to talk about today. Yeah, we really do. Yeah. Yeah, kind of all, all over the place yeah. with different news. Quite a bit of weird type weird stuff. Articles. Um, yeah, so we got some interesting news stuff to talk about. Um, I think we're both going to briefly talk about some races that we just did, catch up on what's going on with us, talk about another movie. Talk about some Boston stuff. So quite a bunch of random, the random bag of running is the plan for today. So let's straight away get into it. Let's catch up. What's going on with you? I mean, I should say, I mean, you're going to mention it, but I'll put it in there. We're, we're less than a week from American River 50. Yep. And your week. very first 50 mile race. Mm-hmm. And so um goes without saying the next episode will be a recap of that. But um let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be some type of recap no matter what, but right. um, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, so yeah, let's catch up what's going on with you and kind of your thoughts going into the race in, yeah, less than a week here. Yeah. I mean, just been, you know, I guess since the last time we recorded, been been running, been training for AR50, um, including, you know, some some trail runs, some longish non-trail runs, back-to-back long trail, not back-to-back long runs. So either like one on the road, one on the trail, that sort of thing. Um, I actually did uh, a race that I decided to kind of do not quite last minute, but just like, I think a week and a half or something beforehand mm-hmm. to do it as a, as a, as a training run. So that's the Chinoco 31 K. I'll be talking about that later. Um, and then doing like a 15 mile recovery run the day after that. So, which hurt a little bit, um, kind of tired, but got it done, but doing a little bit of speed work with some tempo runs, but not a whole lot. Cause that's not my main focus. With AR-50, I'm not really looking for speed other right. than to make the cutoffs. Um, let's see what else. Oh, one thing I hadn't mentioned before that I kind of wanted to mention since we're so close to AR-50. Uh, but actually reading some books to kind of help get ready and prepared for it, which I don't think I've done before. I can't remember doing that before, like reading books to get prepared for a race or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of want to mention the three that I had read. Um, one is uh, Hal Kerner's Field Guide to Ultra Running. Um, that was the first one I read a couple, probably, probably a couple months ago. Um, I think pretty useful information. Um, Hal Kerner is a pretty well-known ultra, elite ultra runner, I should say. Um, and pretty good, like just tips on doing your first, first ultra, even your first couple of ultras. You know, I'd say like it's really helpful, maybe for less than five ultras. And then I read uh, Running Your First Ultra by Chrissy Mole. Um, that one has not a lot of, not as much general information as Hal Kerner's book, but it does have very specific training plans. So if you're somebody who wants like a training plan, like just spelled out for you, she has them in her book and it's for 50K, 50 mile, 100K, 100 mile or so. Okay. Uh, if anybody's looking for, to, to look for something uh, to help them with the training run, because it's kind of hard to set up. It's There aren't as many sources, I think, or resources to set up a training plan for something longer than a marathon. No, marathons are on every other website. Yeah. You know, half marathons, marathon training plans. There's there's a million of them, you know, 80% of them right. are very, very similar to each other. But yeah, ultra is a different, yeah. different game. And I mean, I think as time goes on, um, there's more and more availability of those type of um, training, what do I want to call them? What are we talking? Training plans. Gosh, I can't yeah. even remember. As the there's more up. and more crazy people exactly. looking to do it. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. And then the one I just finished probably about a week and a half ago or a week ago is called The Dow of Running by Gary Dudley. And that one's more on the, or almost entirely on the mental aspect of doing an ultra and um, you know, talking about coming up with positive mantras and self-talk and um, that sort of thing. So three very different books and hopefully all help me in different ways mm-hmm. on completing Era 50. If not, I'm going to blame all three books <laughs> equally. No, <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, I just kind of wanted to mention that because we don't really talk about books too often. No. Um, but I thought these were pretty specific to ultra running in case anybody's looking for information on that. And of course, because I'm not crazy enough like you know less than a week from era 50 i did sign up for another race in june um and it's the the double dipsy which i did a couple years back and i wanted to come back and be a little bit more trained for it and see what i could do out on the trail because last time i think i wasn't i didn't train specifically for that race at all so and it is a pretty difficult trail race so looking forward to doing that one so i'll make it through this weekend cool yeah um, I, that's pretty much all I have. I mean, just real quick on Air 50. Yeah, it's less than a week away. I'm freaking out, you know, like 100%. <laughs> I was going to ask if you're yeah. nervous, but I guess Yeah, that's I'm pretty an nervous. I actually haven't been feeling that well in the last week and a half, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, so I think I've been more focused on that on some days versus, you know, how am I, like, what's going to happen with Air 50. So 
um, which I don't know if it's good or bad that I'm more focused on not feeling well, you know, versus not freaking about the race, but hopefully I'll be, I'll feel well enough to at least start and then see how far I can get. Um, but yeah, totally freaking out, totally getting like these random pains where I'm like, Oh, my left knee, I just had a sharp pain. Like, did it, did I do something? You know, and I'll just be sitting there and just like turn it a certain way. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it hurt. You know, I'm so like totally in that mode, but I have pretty much everything like packed and like ready to go. I spent a bunch of time trying to get everything situated. So I think I got everything. We'll find out. I think so. You've been pretty yeah. organized about it and kind of Made going lists through it. For, and yeah. stuff, so. But again, I mean, I've never done a 50 miler, so we'll see how that goes. So, mm. And either way, you'll hear about whatever happens. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I won't guarantee next week because maybe I won't be like out of bed <laughs> for a week, but the next time. So okay. anything you think I forgot to mention in regards to that? No. Okay. I mean, I think we'll talk, like you said, I mean, the recap, we'll, we'll probably spend probably a whole episode on that one. So yeah. uh, we'll go deep diving into that. Yep. On the next one. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So what's been going on with you? Um. Well, I'll start off with races too. Um, I mentioned Ragnar SoCal, I think in the last episode, and I'm for sure going to be at Ragnar SoCal um, in two weeks, I guess it will be. Yeah. Less so, than two weeks. Um, we'll see. It should be an interesting one. I'll share it at the time, but I'm basically... It's going to be a quick one because I'm basically flying down the morning of the race and I'm flying out, flying back home, hopefully after the race. If if our team runs slow, I might literally have to leave before our team finishes. So I'll get my runs in, but then I might possibly be going for my last run straight to the airport. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, we, we kind of think the team will finish in time, but um, we'll see how that goes. So I'm for mm-hmm. sure in that one. Um, and then the other one. I haven't registered for yet, but I will almost positively register for will be a race called Run the Parkway in Sacramento, California. And they have a 20-mile race. I mentioned this race last year, um, and it's basically intended to be a training run for CIM, California International Marathon, mm-hmm. which we both will be doing in December. Yep. So the chance to go do a race as a 20-mile training run is an awesome idea. It's four weeks before the race. So um, for sure going to be, I mean... For sure, haven't registered yet, mainly because the prices don't go up till July. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're doing CIM, that might be a good way to get a training run. They also have a half. Also, same week as Ragnar Napa, so that might screw up some some local people, depending on how crazy you are going to be. Because Ragnar Napa's Friday, Saturday. This one's on Sunday, so you could do both. Mm-hmm. So might be some good ultra training. That's true. Depending on yeah, you know, like back to back to back runs. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What else? I'll, I'll go into my AR50 stuff because I'm basically your crew. So yep. we kind of sat down yesterday and um, had our little meeting, had our little powwow about uh, <laughs> what I'm supposed to be doing and bringing you. And uh, I, I made a list today as my little reminder <laughs> of what I'm definitely need to make sure I have for mm-hmm. you um, at the at the places I can see you. So going to be making sure I got your water and your pack and your refills and all that stuff and um, some stuff just in case. Right. Some sunblock and... That sort of thing. Sunblock. I didn't write that down. I don't know. Um, but it's in the bag. <laughs> it's in the bag. You already put it in the bag. <laughs> you actually packed a bag. I did. I packed so. a bag, a crew bag for you. <laughs> so that's the plan. Um, okay. So back to me and my real running. What's going on? Um, still training for Vancouver Marathon, which is now 40 days away, I believe, Jeez. according to my phone. So it's right around the corner. Still pretty happy with how my training's going. Can't really complain. Um, two weeks ago, I did go out to do a 16-mile training run that did not go well. Went mm-hmm. out for... I think I got to about eight, eight or nine. Was really going well until then, and then just stomach issues that my stomach just had no interest in running, as I like to say sometimes. So um, it just turned into a whole bunch of walking. Was able to do a little bit of running at the end, but ended up being a fifteen mile run walk day. So I was super bummed, kind of kind of ticked off at myself. I guess ticked off in my stomach if I got to be ticked off at something or someone, um, just because thought it was going to be a good day but that kind of stuff happens and so um, is what it is and then this past weekend i did do a race i was out there with brazen racing local crew we've talked about them before um, at their hellier half marathon and i'll just mention a couple quick things about that we won't do a race recap or anything um but went out there to do a 17 mile training run so i did something that several people have suggested i do in the past which was basically turn a half marathon into a training run by running before or after and so I went out and did four miles before the race started and then did the half marathon. So I got my 17 miles in. Mm-hmm. Um, Got to say, I loved it. Like doing like, like, well. Who would have thought that those words would have come out of your mouth <laughs> with the long training run? Well, I mean, honestly, it's just, 
so much better and so much funner than just going out and doing a 17 mile training run by myself, Mm -hmm. you know, versus being at a race and having support. And this was kind of an unusual brazen race because there was a ton of aid stations, literally. So, um, there was actually more support than I would even normally expect at a half almost. But, um, yeah, I mean, it just went really well. Actually had a really good run. It's probably, I think the one thing that's been going well for me in this kind of training cycle is I've been really consistent out on the run. Mm -hmm. I haven't, faded at the end i haven't started out fast i've been i mean this 17 mile was basically even splits the entire way which was even split and kind of a little bit faster than what my goal even was so no complaints there yeah so um yeah so i totally recommend doing you know the miles before and then doing the half after now i don't know about a 20 miler because that that makes it pretty tough because had it been a 20 mile and you gotta go to seven before and, and then, then 13, 13. At the half that's that ends up being kind of like a really long early start and right. i don't know um it's probably still doing better than doing a 20 mile or just on your own yeah so um yeah it worked out well i kind of planned it pretty well i was trying to you know get as close in terms of the time between finishing the four and starting the, the half i try to cut it as close as possible but i was a little nervous beforehand because you know i don't want to miss the start of the race right um although the race would still be there i cross the line at any time to start anyways but um yeah, it worked out really well. Um, in terms of the race itself, uh, it was kind of an oddball course because there was like a double out and back and then a little out back the other way. Just kind of, this was on a paved path, so not a trail run, no hills really. Um, really easy course, which was good for training for a marathon, mm-hmm. you know, 40 days away, lots of support. Um, you know, the double out and back makes it a little bit boring to a certain degree. It's kind of a bummer when you're at mile seven of the race and you got to go kind of out again <laughs> when the, when the finish line is right there. But, um, that's how it goes. Uh, the one interesting story from the race, and I'll share. Um, I was, I guess at that second out and back or whatever it was, there was an aid station there. There was a woman kind of a little bit in front of me who apparently nobody handed her a cup of water, and apparently that pissed her off. And so she basically, like, yelled at the volunteers. Like, I don't know. She said something to, the, you know, like, hey, guys, come on, get it together or something like that. And when I first heard her yell it, it took me by such surprise that in my head, I couldn't figure out if she was dead serious mm-hmm. or was just joking or was joking. Maybe she knew somebody at the aid station or something like that. And, you know, it took me a couple seconds to really make sure in my mind that, no, she was just being a jerk, mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I actually stopped and kind of walked back um, to the aid station. I just said, hey, <laughs> thanks, everybody, for being out here. Sorry you had to take some abuse. Um, cause I know the volunteers were kind of all looking at each other like, what the hell? Yeah. Um, what just happened? Yeah. I mean, there was water on the tables and there was people there and it was, you it's know, not like there wasn't any aid. No, I mean, yeah. Um, it's not like they were unpacking, <laughs> you know, aid. <laughs> no, it was just, there was no reason to, to yell at the volunteers yeah. or, or anything like that. They're doing the best job that they can. And, um, you know, it, the race back then had so thinned out and there were so few people that, you know, it wasn't an issue just grabbing your own water from a table and they had actually lots of food because Brazen always has lots of food at, on their tables and stuff. So, um, and we've, we've talked about doing that plenty of time to different races where they're short on volunteers or they're, you know, whatever it is and they just have the cups on the table and you just run by and you get it. It's yeah. not, I mean, it's, it's well, fine. I'll say I'm, I'm the first one. I have no problem criticizing a race if, they don't have enough aid stations. Right. If they run out of water, yeah. if the race doesn't get enough volunteers out there, I think that's that's stuff we pay for. Um, but this was a situation where you're not yelling at the race. You're, you're literally yelling at volunteers who, in my opinion, didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. So I just, I just didn't get, I don't know. I just can't imagine yelling at volunteers for not handing you a cup of water. I was just dumbstruck at the time. Um, I was just like, what the hell? This is crazy to me. Like, such an attitude. I just didn't get it. You right. Know? Like, chill out. Enjoy um, the race. It's the middle of a half. Stop and, and grab you know. some water if you need it. Yeah. There was, I mean, there was really not that many people yeah. around. Like, it's not like, like you the had water a, was there. Yeah. Um, ended up passing. I'm assuming because I didn't run. But. No, yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I passed her wrong. later in the race and I, I debated in my own head whether I should say anything to her. And I decided I just wasn't going to say anything because. I don't know. I just thought it would, wasn't the thing to do to kind of be attacking somebody and. Yeah. Kind of the middle of the race and um, might have seemed awkward, but um, but yeah, <laughs> that was that was my weird thing. Um, I did during the race have six pretzels. Don't ask me why I counted. It was just something I did. So you can uh, report back to us. So I can report back or I keeping guess. a tally. Six pretzels. Yep. Did have an Oreo cookie. Okay, which, I think I'm we, still ahead of you on Oreos. <laughs> which is awesome during a race. So I did have one Oreo, and um, I think I actually took five gels in during 
the 17 miles, which is actually more than I would normally take, but I'm kind of... How many did you say? I think five. Okay. Um, yeah, five for sure, actually. Because I did my four, I took one, and then during the race, um, I took four more. So kind of a deliberate plan of mine to try to fuel more during races. So I'm yeah. giving that a try because I think that's probably the best way to go for me. So um, yeah, I think that's it. Um, other than that, just keep training towards Vancouver and we'll see how things go. A couple, couple other long runs to get in before kind of taper time. So that's the plan. Did I miss anything? I don't think so. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> just making sure. All right, let's move on to other stuff. Just want to mention um, some races from recent races since we last podcast um modesto marathon la <laughs> she's laughing because we're going to get into that race for sure um modesto marathon la marathon r&r dallas tobacco road marathon Publix georgia marathon um and then this past weekend kind of local stuff r&r san francisco mm-hmm. and livermore half marathon i was out at hellier so lots of races kind of going on yeah um in the San Francisco has started. Area. and i'm sure there's probably something else that we missed oh yeah i'm sure there's so, plenty of stuff we missed yeah um Let's, I guess let's talk about some old business. Oh, yeah. I just had a couple of things I want to mention. I did get some questions um, about the Seven Falls 50K that we did a race recap on, um, what I use for fuel and nutrition, uh, other than Oreos, which I talked about. <laughs> so it was mostly tailwind uh, through the entire race, a couple of cups of water, you know, like half cups of water just at the aid stations here and there when I wanted something other than the tailwind, um, Oreos, like I mentioned, and I think fruit like a um, couple of slices of oranges when they were available a couple of little pieces of banana when they're available and like little chunks of uh, potato with salt if i felt like i needed that so that's what i use for a fuel nutrition there and then um also got asked how i prevented blisters since there's a lot of like uh, creek crossings and water crossings so um i'm i ran that race with uh pair of solomons which actually drain really well mm-hmm. so i mean you obviously feel your foot get wet or your feet get wet um, but then the water drains pretty well. It doesn't make the shoe like super soggy where you're just like sloshing, you know, for an extended period of time. Um, so that's part of it. And then also I wore some features which tend to not rub my feet, you know, feature socks, mm-hmm. um, if you're not familiar. So those are my favorite pair of running socks. And actually I just kind of wear them a lot just in general, just in life. I tend to wear a lot of feature <laughs> socks. Uh, and then also use like body glide. I body glided my, my feet. Mm-hmm. prior to the race which i normally wouldn't like put body glide like i didn't do it all over my feet but just you know more than normal so i'm thinking the comp the combination between all those helped prevent blisters so however i did get a little black pinky toenail um, and i felt it bothering me during the race but I, it wasn't i've run in these shoes and these socks and everything i don't think it was either one of those i just for whatever reason neglected to check my nails before you 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 know before i race which is kind of I mean, you kind of always do that, right? To check. Mm-hmm. Maybe not the day before or anything. So right. I think I just had to like file it down a little bit. I think the nail was just kind of rubbing up against the shoe when it normally does, doesn't does because it's usually shorter. So yeah, that's pretty much it. Okay. Yeah. I remember you were post-race just telling me that I think you were pretty happy with your shoes and how they performed. So. Yeah. And those are the ones I'm starting off AR50 with. Okay. I don't know if I'm going to keep them the whole time, but we'll see. Okay. There should be less water crossings this time around though. Okay. Right. Other other things. Um, talking about fueling. A uh, couple mm-hmm. goo flavors you were wondering about. Yeah. So there's the goo announced some new flavors. Um, Gingerade is one of them. Um, so that sounds really interesting to me, just because I like drinking like gingerade, like kombucha, or I like ginger just in general. So I'm curious if anybody has tried it and if it's like if it tastes any good, or is it kind of weird having something with like a ginger flavor like as a race racing fuel. So and then they also announced uh, one of the, a new Roctane flavor. Um, which is tutti frutti. So, yeah. Okay. Did so if anybody of, has tried them, yeah. let us know. Yeah, exactly. Or let you know. I'm not. Let that me know. Adve- I'm not that adventurous. Yeah. And really, <laughs> I, I just if you've tried the gingerade, <laughs> that's what I'm really interested in. So, all right. Okay. Um, I guess let's get into uh, film film talk. Second week in a row. Um, we were talking about a film last week. Mm-hmm. We got another one for you. Um, this one actually comes uh, by way of the Ginger Runner. Um, on his YouTube channel. So it's actually free. So yep. another awesome, so two free awesome free, I know, yeah, this is kind of a good, good little streak going here. Um, and the film was called A Decade On, which focuses solely on one runner, um, runner by the name of Brian Morrison, who, I'll be honest, I knew nothing about before the movie. And I felt kind of ashamed that I didn't know anything about the guy before the movie. But, um, and, and we're not going to get into details so that you can just watch the movie. Um, but basically... He ran it. He had a very interesting story of his run in 2006 when he did the Western States 100. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he 
got the opportunity to come back in 2016 last year, um, kind of a 10 years later, hence the decade on name of the movie, um, to kind of come back and run Western States again. And so it kind of follows, uh, you kind of get the backstory from his 2006 run, uh, from him and some of his friends and family. And then we kind of follow along with his, with his race for, for 2016. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably the best way I can sum it up. So, yeah. Without uh, giving too much information away. Yeah. I'll let yeah. you kind of learn on your own. Like I said, I, I really wasn't familiar with, with him before the movie and I was kind of ashamed of that because I do kind of follow Western States, but, um, can't say I knew anything about the 2006 Western States run. Um, but yeah, and I actually did enjoy this. I mean, we talked about the movie last time. Um, I actually liked this one a little bit more. Uh, just seemed a little bit more, a little more emotional. Kind of focused on one person who had a really interesting story. Um, you know, I think the last movie was just you know four kind of elite women, and, and you know there was some personal stuff with them, but this one kind of seemed to much more emotional, much more of a a gut wrencher in some ways. So yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Yep. All right. Anything else you want to say about the movie? No, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, available for free on YouTube. So, okay. Yeah. Check it out. Right. And I think it's like maybe like 40 or 50 minutes long. Yeah. So, a yeah. good, uh, a good, it's not too long, length. but it's yeah. like long, long enough. I don't mind the too long. It's, yeah. it's the short stuff that yeah. sometimes, you know, like, oh, check out this running movie. It's really good. Okay. How long is it? It's 12 minutes. It's like, well, yeah. I don't know. I actually would have been okay with this movie being a little bit longer. I mean, I, I, I think. The only short one that I really liked was that Western States 101 um, with the older gentleman trying to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With Wally. Yeah. I I forgot the name of the movie. I can't... Yeah, I can't think of it either, but... All right. We screwed up remembering on that one, but that's okay. (laughs) But it was a good movie, too. All right. Let's talk a little bit of Boston stuff. Let me uh, jump around here. Let's let's talk about Catherine Switzer first. Oh, okay. I wasn't ready. I know. Um, All right. So... I got to keep you on your toes. Thanks. So, for anybody who's not familiar with Catherine Switzer, in 1967, um, she was the first woman to run the race as a registered entrant. Um, There was a a woman by the name of Bobby Gibb who ran it the year before, but couldn't get a bib because they weren't allowing women to run the race. Um, So she will be back um, running Boston this year, uh, 50 years after she ran it the the first time. Um, She's now 70. uh, And so, yeah, um, kind of exciting for her to come back for, I guess, like her 50th anniversary of running the first Boston Marathon as as the first, not the first Boston Marathon, running the Boston Marathon as a first registered female runner. Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, other Boston stuff. Uh, this comes by way of marathoninvestigation.com. Um, he actually compiled a list of the races that sent the most runners mm-hmm. to Boston. Right. So. Well, and specifically for this Boston, 2017 Boston. Right. Yeah. So actually is in, through his investigation procedure um, where he tries to find cheaters getting their way into Boston. He has a bunch of data uh, on the qualifying races. So um, I guess he and us were calling these estimates, not necessarily a 100% accurate. Right list um and this is obviously in terms of what races send the most boston qualifiers um the biggest probably factor is the number of people that run the race so the bigger the race there's gonna be more people that qualify for boston just just by playing the numbers mm-hmm. um so it goes that way but then there's also some races just to note that are known as just qualifying races that are that are faster um downhill plays a lot into that yep. Um, so we're just going to kind of run through the list. Obviously, number one is Boston. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, because you have a whole bunch of people that qualified for Boston, yeah. who obviously have the ability to run that fast. So, um, and and plus, a lot of people really take pride in going to Boston and qualifying for Boston at Boston. Right. So it's kind of one of those if you can do it, just repeat the cycle every year and and never never miss out on a Boston if you can uh, if you can run the time and then afford mm-hmm. to keep going back every year because it's not necessarily cheap, especially if you're coming from outside of the the East Coast. Uh, number two, Chicago, obviously huge number of people. Right. I mean, you're talking about, you know, 37,000 finishers. Same to be said for number three on the list, New York, you know, you're talking 50,000 right. people. So obviously going to send a ton of, of people to Boston. And then of course there's qualifying ways to get into New York if you're fast. Number four, which you might not think of too much, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. um, which decent size race around 9,000, I think finishers. So, um, I'm not too familiar with the Philadelphia course. Yeah. I'm not either. I'm not sure what it, what the elevation profile looks like. Yeah. Uh, number five. Uh, it's close to home for us. California International Marathon race we've done several times and mm-hmm. talk about a lot. Um, it's about six thousand finishers. They call themselves the fastest course in the West, which I always like to debate that because I don't think it's as fast a course as they like to think as they like to promote. Right. Yeah, and it also has to do with what are we calling the West? 
That's true. Yeah, where do you draw the line? <laughs> Had a whole debate yeah. about that with somebody one time. Um, yeah, it's certainly a good course to to go get a qualifier. Uh, number six, London. Obviously, a huge number of people. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Houston. Um, flat course, very few turns. Yeah. Which Sounds like a good combination for a faster race. Yeah, and based on when it is in the year, it's kind of mild weather, so that kind of helps. Um, number eight, Mountains to Beach, which is only about 2,000 finishers, mm-hmm. um, but is known as a very fast course, um, a lot of downhill. It's a race that we actually did. Um, I, don't, I don't think either one of us left it um, in a lot of different ways, but... Um, but it still has a lot of people who run it and yeah. qualify for Boston. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people go there specifically just to get their Boston qualifier because mm-hmm. it is there's so much downhill. Uh, number nine, another race that we did, um, St. George Marathon. It's about 5,000 finishers. A race that I liked a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I um, ran particularly I, yep, well there. because I enjoyed it is, that one too. There is a lot of downhill yep. um, and good scenery to kind of take your mind off of things. Um, and then number 10, Twin Cities with about 8,000 finishers. Flat course decent time of year so weather kind of plays in your favor and the rest of the top 20 i guess i will just spit these out very quickly uh erie marathon toronto waterfront marathon columbus marathon marine corps marathon ottawa marathon bay state marathon big cottonwood marathon los angeles marathon that's going to depend on weather uh indianapolis marathon and richmond marathon kind of round out the top 20 in terms of sending runners to boston so kind of interesting because we've it's kind of amazing that we have actually done several of these in the top 10. Mount to be St. George, CIM, kind of the the ones to note. Um, there are a few number uh, races out there that I looked at that are really seem like they're really fast, but I, I'd have to go check them out. And obviously, they're pretty small. so um, They're not going to have as many people qualifying, yeah. even if it is a fast course. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Other stuff. Uh, speaking of kind of Boston, kind of leads us to the World Marathon Majors. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's the compilation of the big the big world marathons and then they do for the elite runners there's there's a big payday if you can win the series uh which the upcoming series is going to start with london and continue on to the next london um they're changing the payout so the total amount of money that essentially sponsors are paying out in prize money is the same as in the past year Mm -hmm. but kind of how they're divvying up the money it's going to be a little different so in the past top male and female used to get five hundred thousand a piece and that was essentially the only spot that got paid out um they're changing it now so that it's going to be 250,000 for first, 50,000 for second, 25,000 for third. So and that's that's equal between men and women. Yes. Which is good to see. Yes. Very good point actually yeah. to see even money there. Mm-hmm. Um you know, big difference between 500 and $250,000 yes, to an elite. Yes, definitely. Um although I like the fact that second and third are going to get a bit of a payout. Um might make some decisions for some elite athletes in terms of what races they do and how hard they want to compete um because there is some you know hey that's that's some serious prize money mm-hmm. uh, if you can get it um and then there's also a slight increase for wheelchair athletes and then kind of where if you're trying to figure out the math and where did all the money go um there's actually going to be a huge charity component to it and so there'll be donations to charity um i think made in the names of the winners and so that's where the rest of the money has gone so kind of interesting that they took the money essentially from the top male and female and kind of diverted that towards charity, which is good. Not, not great if you're an elite, but I guess there's very few of them that can really win this thing. So, um, I guess. So it doesn't affect that many people, right? Yeah. So I guess you're helping more people than you're hurting. So it kind of works out, but, um, yeah, kind of an interesting choice. I'd like to see more than 250,000 for kind of the winner. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Going from 500 to 250 is kind of a big jump. Yeah, it is. Or a big downgrade, but, um, maybe with time they'll be able to increase the overall amount that they're able to spread across. Those categories. Yeah, yeah. It is nice for the charity stuff. So, all right. Uh, other news. Uh, we've got another runner to talk about. Yeah. I guess the mantle's been passed. <laughs> Why? Because of the last story we told? Yeah. Yeah. So, I have a, a new um, older running person. <laughs> I don't know how better to phrase that than I want to talk about. So, <laughs> so Julia Hawkins from Louisiana. Um, she became a competitive cyclist at age 81. Last year at age 100... Uh, she wanted a new challenge, so she decided to pick up competitive running. Um, hadn't been a competitive runner ever before in her entire life. So she registered for the 50-meter dash at the Louisiana Senior Olympics Games, completing the race with a PR of 19.07. Um, this success inspired her to set her sights on the 100-meter dash for the upcoming uh, Senior Olympics this year. 
she she had fun or she said that it'd be fun to do 100 meters since she's more than 100 years old <laughs> so um since the competition is still a few months away she hasn't really ramped up her training right now she runs every now and then when she gets the energy spurts and um this is really cool one of her sons measured out the 50 and 100 meter distances in her front yard or in front of her yard with a ribbon marker so when the mood strikes she practices running back and forth between each so she knows it's like the designated distance it's so. practical yeah yeah Yep. So maybe we'll be talking more about Miss Julia Hawkins. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else you want to say about that one? Nope. All right. Let's move on to <laughs> crazy stories. Um, this one, I think, this one kind of broke today and I think probably blew up. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but blew up on our, uh, see, blew up on our Facebooks. On, on on people that we know. I mean, I had so many people reaching out today talking about this story. It was kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a lot of fun from non-running people to to runners to Marathon Maniacs was talking about this. Local races groups were talking about this. Uh, lots to talk about this. So let's get into the story. This comes yeah, from Marathon. Yeah, let's actually talk about it. Um, <laughs> let's talk about this. This is from MarathonInvestigation.com. And this is a case of two runners, a man and a woman, basically cheated their way at the Modesto Marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, they were bandits. They were seen and caught, confronted um, with essentially, I, I guess what we assume are, are photocopied bibs. Mm-hmm. Um, At least one of them is. Guaranteed one of them because they both ran the race with the exact same bib number. Um, they were both wearing bib number 389. Um, they're in photos at the race. Both with the same bib. They yep. actually, I think, ran together most of the race. Yeah, because so there's pictures of them on course next to together. each other. And then it looks like the, the still picture close to the finish line, like they're not that far apart. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, this kind of caught our attention in local groups because we've done Modesto. I mean, this is a NorCal story Yeah. Uh, more than anything else. So we, we've done the Modesto half marathon before. Um, these two are apparently regulars at a lot of races here in Northern mm-hmm. California and probably Southern California too. They've done a few. Yeah. Um, so it ended up... I've seen one of them recently at a race that I was at, so... Um, apparently the gentleman was at the exact same race I was yesterday and apparently he did the 5K, so... Yep. Um, yeah, and I think where it goes really wrong was supposedly the race organizers at Modesto were on the lookout for these two because apparently they were somehow tipped off that they were going to be banditing the race Mm -hmm. um and so they were on the lookout they didn't catch up to them until the finish line yeah um where they were essentially running in together you could see the photos of the finish line where the female is running across the finish line the gentleman ends up getting stopped by race officials and they're apparently talking to him and checking out the bib they're looking for probably a a timing chip um supposedly they asked him if he would like to they were they requested that he would pay for the race um the quote that's listed on the website is he said i think i'll what do you say? Quote, I think I'll just call it all, I think I'll just call it good. And walked away. And walked away. And that was his response. Mm-hmm. They catched up with the woman after the race who apparently knew that they were looking for her. She, she made a beeline for the bathroom and, um, they're waiting for her when she came out. <laughs> yeah. They actually waited around for her to get out of the yeah. porta potty, um, so they could confront her. So, um, I, I think one of the big things was, as reported, was just their attitude post race right. about the whole thing. Um, obviously busted. I mean, you have no defense and you're, you're two people literally standing there with the same bib. Um, and obviously neither one of them had a timing chip. Um, it's kind of unclear where they got the photocopy of the bib or mm-hmm. how they got access to the original bib. Um, apparently that the person who's that bib originally belonged to was not involved in trying to cheat the race, but they might've known the person or was an acquaintance of that person. Yeah. So it's kind of a lot of mystery. So there was a lot of, like I said, a lot of conversation between people that we know today trying to figure out what was going on. Um, lots of people that we were reading know these people. People were hugely pissed off about this. Yep. Um, lots of people calling for literally for the race to sue them or to press charges with the local police. Um, a lot of call for other race organizers to ban them from yes. races. I mean, um, I mean these these individuals reside somewhere in Northern California and run several but it seems to be, you know, races mm-hmm. in Northern California. So, yeah, a lot of Northern California running groups are just yeah. up in arms about it. So, yeah. And then there's a lot of allegations that this is this is based on allegations. We don't have any proof of it, that this is not the first time that they've done this, mm-hmm. um, that they've done this perhaps many times before. Right. There was mentioned by one person that there's actually a club for this, which I've never heard of that before. I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah. Seems crazy to me. Um, I had somebody 
contact me today who's not a runner and is like does this happen? Like, I've never heard. Like, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. Why right. would somebody do this? Do and I'm like, yeah, it happens. And it's crazy. But um, I think where it gets crazy is that, you know, Modesto Marathon, it's not, it's not a huge race. It, it doesn't sell out. Mm-hmm. So it's not like There's a situation. No lottery. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's like, oh, I couldn't get in. I really right. wanted to do the race type of thing. It's not particularly expensive. Nope. And so there's really no barriers for somebody to do it. So yep. it just doesn't make sense why you would do it. Um, you do get some pretty good swag with it, but you get that when you p- pick up your bib. So these well, individuals, you get the jacket post race, yeah. But all the other stuff you get, like the shirt, the mm. the arm warmers that they usually do, and that sort of thing. It's when you pick up your your bib. I mean, the, missed out on the that, conversation but... I said with one person is, you know, they said, "Well, do they just get get off on the thrill of like getting away with something?" I was like, "I don't know." I mean, like the only Maybe. thing I could think of is they were just looking to save. 60 bucks and that's really the only reason i i don't know what the reg was 60 70 80 yeah. whatever it is i don't know what it was um i mean that's the only thing i could think of because it it doesn't make a lot of sense other than you just wanted to save a few bucks mm-hmm. so um yeah like i said heard the story from lots of people locally talking about it um yeah a lot of upset people um <laughs> i could already tell um at least from the running community here kind of in norcal um, I, I think they're going to be diving into their race history and looking for. Yeah, because I've already um, seen some. Pop, I've already some seen allegations. Up. Yeah, of other yep. races where they possibly shots of different things. So, um, cheated their way and batted their way. So, um, yeah, it just sucks. It's a bummer. It's it's kind of a crazy thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even understand the thought process of hey, we're going to go caught. We're going to go out into the race and wear the exact same bib and run together and finish right. together. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. You know, I, I certainly don't want to see this happen, but um, that's kind of a silly thing. And if, I mean, we kind of know, but Esto, if you're doing the full marathon and it looks like they, they came in at around 450, um, it's not a huge race. So when you're coming right. in at yeah. 450 on the marathon, there's not a lot of people around yeah. you. Like you'll be the only one or two running in together probably yeah, at so, that time. So when you come across the timing mats and there's no time, yeah, the timers right there looking at you are going to know like, Hey, what's going on? Why right. did our the clock not you and, know? And I'm get assuming, you in the computer? yeah, and I'm assuming if they try to look at your bib number at that time, I'm like, okay, there's <laughs> bib number, blah blah blah, and oh, oh, there's bib number, the same one. What? Um, yeah. So I I don't know what else to say besides it's it's just crazy. Please, people, don't don't um don't steal your way yep. in, into into races. Yeah. I mean, what people were calling is like, you know, this is essentially a theft of services for the local police department. And a lot of people were kind of yelling that, hey, you know, if, if some people get prosecuted or sued or taken a small claims court, whatever you want to do, um, that, that might actually discourage other people from, from doing this kind of thing. So, um, yeah, crazy interesting day. I know I was reading Facebook comments um, probably every hour. <laughs> Because they were just rolling in on on several different pages, maniacs and local run groups and stuff. So crazy stuff. Yeah, it'd be interesting what kind of comes when what other information comes out in the next couple of days or weeks. Mm-hmm. And if we this. find anything super interesting, we'll share it on the next yeah. one. But uh, we'll put a link to um, the article for sure. It's worth a read. It's a short read, but we'll we'll, we'll throw it in there. All right, let's move on to perhaps better stories. So this comes out of Philadelphia from the Philadelphia Love Run Half Marathon. Um, there was a woman who was, oh, she maybe 100 feet from the finish line, 200 feet from the finish line, something like that. Maybe, mm-hmm. a, couple, maybe a couple hundred feet. I'm really bad at guessing distances from yeah. afar. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, I'm you not, really bad. I would say like 0.1 miles. Okay. There you go. I'm better with that versus feet. Okay. That works. Um, and apparently she was struggling and kind of going kind of uh like the jelly leg type thing yeah, where like, like yeah. you're kind of trying to stay up but and, and you're so, still kind of moving forward but your legs aren't cooperating too well yeah so two gentlemen came along and kind of grabbed her by the by the arms and kind of quickly uh moved her along towards the finish line and, and assisted they kind of just her. like swept her up and like you know like yeah, yeah. just kind of carried her yeah. um and then and then literally as they got closer to the finish line, another runner kind of came back, literally picked the woman up yeah. um, and carried her to the finish line. I think he put her down literally right at the line. So I think the idea was so that she can cross on her own. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it made kind of news headlines and kind of going around the internet today as a meme. It's like, you know, check out, you know, runners, we take care of each other and an awesome story of just some people helping others out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else you want to say about that? Me? Yeah. No, anything you want to say about that? Um, okay, she's, well, she's she's baiting me. So no, yeah. I'm not. I'm just yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, yeah, it was definitely put out there as a really like feel good story and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And I think, I mean, of course, um, 
I think the the fellow runners' intentions were were good, mm-hmm. you know, and like, look, she's so close to the finish line, and it was a pretty busy finish line. There was tons it's, of people. Um, this so, I don't know the numbers. It's a pretty big race, but yeah, she was definitely surrounded by yeah. runners and um, very busy finish line. She came in at around two o three. Yeah, so a pretty fast time. Um, and I know, like, if you see somebody struggling out there, I mean, you know, natural instinct, you want to help them. Like, now, what what does help mean? Is that's debatable, but you want to help them, and you know, that close to the finish line, you're just thinking probably. I'm thinking. You know, let's just help them get to the finish line. So one thing that I found interesting was being so close to the finish line, even though she wasn't like right there, like steps away, um, that there was no like medical personnel that kind of like spotted her or something or even like race staff or volunteers that kind of walked, you know, towards her to see if she was okay. Like, is she about to pass out? Like, I I don't know. I mean, maybe it could just be fatigue, but I mean, it could be a lot of other things. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just found that a little bit surprising that nobody... Other than her fellow runners mm-hmm. seem to be kind of coming to her aid to see what was going on. So, um, okay. Well, I guess I'll get into my reaction because yeah, I think go. I had the, the, the very large minority, the 1% reaction. Cause I saw nobody who kind of say had the same thoughts as me in that. And look, Oh, and the one thing is there's video of this. So local news crew, um, has video of this entire thing, um, from start to finish with the runner where she was struggling and the runners come along and kind of help her to the finish line. My first reaction was, I don't know if that was the right thing to do, was to grab this woman and kind of drag her towards the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yes, she looked like she was kind of having cramping and just, like you mentioned, the jello legs. and But she really didn't look that great. Like, I mean, it was, I don't know, really struggling in that regard. And so I don't know that the right thing to do is grab her. And, I mean, I'm saying dragging, that might be, I don't know if that's yeah, much I mean- of an exaggeration. But um, if somebody's struggling that much, I don't. In terms of a medical aid type of situation, I don't know if the thing, you know, it, in my thinking was the right reaction might be to stop for a minute. Maybe she walks into the finish line. Mm-hmm. Maybe you sit her down on the side for a second. Right. Make sure she's okay. Make sure it's not something. And then maybe you help her back up serious. so she can walk. You know, maybe it's alert medical. I don't know if kind of rushing her along to the finish line was. <laughs> the best thing i don't right. know i mean our first reaction is here's a runner let's help them let's get them across the finish line you're so close you know i, I get that but um kind of just watching the video in my head i was like i don't know if this is the right thing that we should be doing although maybe and i'm if- not a medical i'm not a doctor and so i have no medical training to be able to give this type of advice i'm just throwing what i my first reaction kind of was although maybe if no medical was coming towards her maybe this was the best thing to do is to well, assure that- her closer <laughs> I know that's not what they were thinking. Yeah, well, for but, sure, nobody waited long enough for that. Yeah. And then the guy, the gentleman that just ended up picking her up and carrying her, at that point, that was probably the best thing just to get her to medical. Right, right, right. Um, that actually made a lot more sense. But the original guys, they just kind of, I mean, I understand kind of helping out. But um, I don't know. Maybe some race director can chime in and tell us what is the best thing to do in that type of situation. Because, you know, I don't know. What if it was a heart issue or mm-hmm. something more serious? I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, we really have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that, that was my really oddball reaction to this. And like I said, all the all the reaction by everybody online has been super positive and, and stuff like that. I was just like, I don't know if that's the best thing. Well, I did see another unpopular reaction um, by a couple people on a on a running group that said, um, like, I don't want to be, I forgot what words they said, but basically, like, I don't want to be the, the, the Debbie Downer, but. Um, the DQ should, thing? Yeah. Should she be an official finisher and get a medal and all that because she didn't really finish by her own power. Right. Yeah. Which for us mere mortals, who cares? Right. That's, that's always my reaction yeah. to that. Like I know if it's, you know, if it's a UT, USATF race and you know, there's rules against that and all that kinds of stuff and, yeah. and actually some trail races. Right. And somebody uh, did mention that, um, it wasn't a USATF sanctioned race. Right. So that doesn't matter. Right. Unless the race had some weird. Yeah. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I think for us mere mortals, that's, I guess my opinion personally, that's kind of nitpicking and who cares. But what if you um, get carried a mile? Well, see now you're trying to turn this into a debate. <laughs> no, I'm just curious. Um, carried, carried, like literally carried. How she? Well, how she was carried, but not for that short distance, like a mile. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I guess technically that should be a DQ, but yeah. you should still get a medal. I don't know. That's my politically. <laughs> what if you get carried half a mile? <laughs> half a mile. Same. Yeah. Same answer. What if it's a quarter of a mile? Well, I mean, this might have, this is a little bit longer than a quarter of a mile. I mean, I don't know. You think she got carried more than a oh, quarter of a mile? No, oh. but she might have gotten assisted for, what'd you say, a tenth of a mile? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. Yeah. I, I, I find no reason I don't really, to I don't really have an answer to that, her, but, so. You know, I was just curious what our, as runners, what our proper 
response should be to someone in this type of situation. Right. So take a look at the video. Um, make up your own mind. I guess I'm playing devil's advocate here, or just trying to figure out what we should do better. It was slightly disappointing that there wasn't a quicker medical reaction from that the race provided, like you were talking about. I mm-hmm. did see you do see at the end of the video somebody bringing over a wheelchair, right? Um, but I actually didn't see any medical personnel kind of getting to her right and this was obviously a big race with a lot of people based on the number of people around her at the time of the finish so um kind of interesting but kudos to the running community for trying to help each other out and and i guess getting her across the finish line and hopefully she's okay and and just kind of really put it all out there i guess yeah yeah um, she's just depleted hopefully that was it yeah all right let's carry on or was that the last story i think that was the last story oh okay cool <laughs> long-winded there yeah. um all right, so we were going to talk a little bit about the race that you did, huh? That 31K? Oh, yeah, yeah. So I ran the Chinoco 31K. It's a trail race mm-hmm. up in the Folsom-Auburn area. Um, and that was, I don't remember the exact date, but it was a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So um, 31K, kind of an odd distance. Mm-hmm. Um, even 30K is kind of an odd distance, but you see that a lot more on trail runs than you do a 31. I guess it used to be, this is like this, I think, third year that they did it. In the last two years, they ran it as a... Uh, excuse me, a 30K, but uh, um, everybody that was running complained that it was a little bit long. So then they're like, okay, well, let's not change the course. Let's just make it a 31K. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way to get over Yeah, so they, they talked about that at the at the start, so I thought it was pretty funny. But, um, you know, there it's by a racing company called Total Body Fitness, so TBF for short, mm-hmm. uh, racing. They do a lot of um, mountain biking races, uh, swim, open swims, and combination type things. They don't do tons of trail races, but they obviously do some. So I'd never, I'd heard of them before, but never run one of the races. So it's kind of, it's always interesting to run a race with a, a different racing company that you're not familiar with. So, um, it was point to point course. So again, I had a park at the finish. Wait, you're skipping over the coolest thing about this race. Well, I was going to get there. Okay. Okay. So are you talking about the name? Yeah, we got to start with okay, the name. All right. so, so, I mean, the, the race is called the Chinoco 31K, right? Right. So that's Trail spelled race. C-H-A-N-O-K-O. Yep. And they also okay. had a five mile distance just for people that are wondering. Okay. Yeah. And so the name, I just assumed it was like a local trail there, you know. Or, you know, it was named after a local trail or like a Native American something. I don't know. You know that's I, just I what I was thinking. Some Something Native American? Yeah. Because it kind of sounds like yeah. that. Yeah. Like, oh my God, yeah. it's probably just, or, or something in the area, right. you know, that, so that's what I thought it was. But at the start, um, one of the, the race directors did say, give us kind of the, the history on where Chinooka came from. So I think most people there didn't know the origins of it. So when he asked, you guys want to know like what the meaning is of Chinooka? We're like, yeah, of course. You know, so I'm thinking he's going to say like you know, the whatever Native Americans, you know, you know, whatever. But he actually said, it's a made up word. He's <laughs> like myself and my co-director, can't remember their names, but he was there as well. So like we were out in Yosemite um, hiking a bunch, I think it was a couple of summers ago. And we completely made up this word because we were having so much fun and it was just like the great day. And we we're just like, you know, hiking and we're like, Chinoco, because it just meant like, you know, like, like being free and enjoying the outdoors and just having a great, you know, great day and living life and just, Kind of like that. It embodied that. So, yeah. So, they decided to name this race after that. Makes total sense to me. Yeah. So, completely made up word. Yeah. Yeah. So, that becomes one of my favorite race names just because it's just (laughs) totally, it's, you know, might as well have called it, you know, the blah, blah 31K. Right. Just made it up. Yeah. Um, Okay. I'll let you continue. Okay. I just had to divert to the name. Yeah. So, point to point course. So, parked from the, parked at the finish area, which was Granite Bay Beach, and um, was shuttled to the start, which is Auburn Overlook. Um, so this is basically, it's like 19.25 miles or something like that. Mm-hmm. So um, it's basically the last 19 miles of AR-50, but run in reverse. So with AR-50, the last several miles are actually uphill. With this race, your first couple of miles are actually downhill. So, but I hadn't seen um, this area before in terms of, well, at all really, you know, in terms of like running it or anything. So I figured it wouldn't be a bad idea. Well, one, I was really looking for like a 30 or 3250k you know training run to do and like you said it's now that you've done um the half marathon you know as part of your training run it just it makes it a lot easier to get 19 miles done on the trail like as part of a race versus Mm -hmm. out there like by yourself right so i was looking at that and then i when i realized that it was on the same trails as ar50 just in a different direction i thought it'd be good to at least get a, a look to see what those trails were like so um yeah i mean picked up my shirt at the finish because they had shirts there because that actually happened to be the start and finish for the five miler as well. Um, but bib pickup was either the day before or at the start. So it's kind of interesting because I didn't have my bib before I picked up my shirt, but they had me on a list. 
So that's a little different, you know, so you could pick it up before or after. Mm -hmm. So I just picked it up before to make sure like I got my size and then they shuttle you to um, the start. So shuttle looked like not a school bus, not one of those big, huge, fancy buses, but just a smaller like shuttle bus, like maybe like a hotel shuttle, you know, that would take you. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing kind of look like that. So hop on the first one with a couple other people and it just looks like just a regular shuttle bus on the outside. But when you walk inside... (laughs) It's like a party bus. Nice. Like it's got the lights, like the windows are like tinted. It's got a pole in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just funny seeing like everybody's faces when you're, when you're coming onto the show and you're like, what the heck? So yeah, and I think all of them were like that. So it was kind of funny, but made for an interesting ride to the start. So. Yeah. I've never had that type of ride on the, you yeah. know, on the way to a race. So. Yeah. So, um, got to the start, you know, just fine. No problem. Picked up my bib. Um, and then didn't see like a starting arch or starting line, but did see a little sign that said like, I think it said start area mm-hmm. um, with like a little arrow. And then like this, the one of the, like the most narrowest trails you've ever seen. And I'm like, well, that's going to be a problem if we're all like starting right there, you know, um, it's going to be a while. But that was just the direction to where we had to walk to the start. It was like a, I think quarter of a mile to half mile walk to the start. So no big deal. Actually starts on paved road first mile or mile and a half is on a uh, paved road and then you hop on the trails and um, do a bunch of downhill which is really fun but you want to make sure you don't go too fast and totally trash your legs you know for the rest of the race um, and then the majority of the race after that is um, on the trails with just a couple of sections um, on roads where you have to cross the road or just run on the road for maybe like a quarter of a mile or at the most so um it's it's run mostly along the Folsom River. And it's funny, the pre-race instructions, you know, he talked about, like, roughly where the aid stations were. Um, you know, he talk, t- told us about the name. But then he also said, you know, like, it's well-marked. But, you know, if you kind of don't think you saw a marker or something, it's like, basically, you want to keep the river to your left, like, the entire time. Like, mm-hmm. at no point are we crossing the river. So I thought that was pretty good instructions, you know, like, stay on this side of the river. So um, what else do I want to say? Let's see. There's about five miles that they call the meat grinder. And I think it was called, I think it was a mile, like 11 to 16 on this race. That's not a name you want to hear. No. no. Yeah. And I had never like heard of that before, but <laughs> apparently that's pretty well known, like in that area that it's called the oh, meat okay. grinder. And so the description I overheard people saying was that it's a lot of like rolling, like up and down, up and down, up and down. I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound too bad. You know, like it seems better than just climbing a bunch or just mm-hmm. descending a bunch. But when you get, so I was kind of like mentally prepared, like, okay, it's just going to just suck because everybody's saying like it sucks. Um, when you get to it, it is a lot of rolling, but it's a lot of like steps and like big rocks and boulders. So it's not like you're just like running down, running up, running down, running up. Like it's a lot of high steps or, you know, you're kind of moving slowly. So it definitely takes a toll on your legs, but so I can see why they call it the meat grinder. And I'm not looking forward to running it in the opposite direction. Um, in a couple of days. So we'll see how that goes. But you're mentally prepared for it now. That, exactly. See. Exactly. So there's um, a couple things that I want to mention that were pretty cool with the race. Um, saw quite a few butterflies out there. Okay. So yeah, there's kind of, it's always nice to see butterflies. Like you didn't get to, never get sick of that. Mm-hmm. Except they were like flying really close to my face. Like a lot. So I'm like, like get up, like just go a little bit further away. So, but it was really pretty. Um, there wasn't, I don't think hardly any water crossings or if there were, I don't think they were like deep enough to even get like my foot wet, mm. you know? So, um, that was kind of nice, nice break. Couple of little muddy sections, but nothing major. Uh, trails. I don't know if the entire trail was open to, um, horseback riding, mm-hmm. but there were some horses out there, some equestrian riders. So, uh, there was one section where a few of us runners had a, you know, we have to yield to the horses. So even though it's a race, the horses don't care, you know? So <laughs> kind of, we're just kind of hanging out, you know, waiting for them to, mm-hmm. to, to pass. So, um, I did not fall. Yay. Which I do want to mention that. But I did see somebody fall in front of me. So we're kind of running. There's like four or five of us in a row. Um, She was right in front of me. There was somebody in front of her and then a couple people behind me. And and it was like one of those sections where like it's not that rocky. You know, I think she just caught her foot on something. Mm -hmm. And she went off kind of like the edge. But thankfully the edge was sloped very, what do you call it? Like it wasn't steep. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a lot of like just overgrowth, like greenery. So she started tumbling and she grabbed something and she you know she stopped herself and of course we all stopped because we're like oh my god and she like actually uprooted like a bush <laughs> that she grabbed onto but i think that like slowed her fall so um kind of helped her get back on the trail she just had scraped up her wrist a little bit but was fine otherwise um aid stations were pretty well spaced the only thing was that i, I think 
my impression is that a lot of them were um, that were manning the aid stations or in charge of the aid stations were mountain uh, mountain bikers. Um, so I think they had more like mountain biking food that is like a little bit. It's not as easy to digest when you're running, basically. <laughs> right. So they had like bagels and cream cheese and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't think I could really eat that like on a run. But I don't know. I was maybe some people can. So it was mostly I mostly just had tailwind and then what I brought with me. So I think at a couple sections I had some peanut butter filled pretzels, but that was pretty much it. Um, they didn't have like any bananas or oranges or potatoes. So kind of bummed about that. But I know they'll have it at the race this coming weekend. So should be good there. Um, and markings were pretty good. I think they, course markings, they probably could have had a, in my opinion, they could have had a few more in some sections where there was like a, a split in the trail. You know, I would kind of expect to see mm-hmm. a ribbon like on one of the trails. So right. I know which way to go and there wasn't always one. So I'm like, well, I hope I'm going the right way. And I did, but it just it wasn't. I mean, I'm totally unfamiliar with those trails, so it'd be mm-hmm. nice to have just a couple of extra markings Just to there. reassure you, if yeah, nothing else. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then just, you know, I just, I didn't have any really low parts or bad parts or anything like that. Just, you know, made it through. It was a, a training run. I wasn't racing. Um, made it to the finish line, which the last little section, it's it's sandy because it's on a beach. So, you know, that's always fun. Yeah. You know, and then your your shoes are like filled with sand, but definitely slows you down when you're just like ready to be done. And you're like, I'm barely moving on this sand. Um, yeah, finish line, get your medal, which is, I thought, a pretty cool looking medal. Um, and they had a little bit of like post-race food, not a whole lot. <laughs> so like another race where there just wasn't that much there. Um, and yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. So I think a pretty well organized race, small race, not a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what the actual numbers are, but it's, it's, it's pretty small. Um, I don't know anything about the five miler other than where it started and finished because I never saw them because they were long gone by the time, you know, I finished yeah. the 31 K. Um, yeah, that, that's pretty much all I have to say. So, okay. so yeah. all in all, good training, right? Yeah. I guess that's what it was for mm-hmm. you. So kind of yep. works. And if anybody wants to check out the trails over there, but don't necessarily want to do like a, a longer distance, a 50 K mm-hmm. or anything like that, this would be a good one to do. Okay. Yep. All right. Uh, let's move on. Let's wish some people good luck, I guess. So we're going to wish uh, Libby good luck at the Mount Charleston Marathon and then Matt good luck at AR50. Maybe I'll see you out there. Yeah, that'd be cool. Incoming message. All right. So we heard from April. In the last episode, we mentioned that we don't hear of many short marathons getting adjusted times for Boston Qualifier. She actually has one for us. The inaugural Chattanooga, Chattanooga Marathon in 2016 was short by 0.28 miles due to a turnaround point being placed in the wrong spot and turning racers around too soon on an out and back. The race was March of last year, and on May of last year, they actually posted on their Facebook page that the adjusted times are being accepted for Boston. So that's interesting. Yeah, good example. Yeah. Yeah. Not too often that happens, but yeah. Right. And then also she just discovered podcasts during a marathon training this winter, and ours was one of the first ones she tried and listened to several during her long runs. So she especially joins the race recaps. So, well, we gave you a real quick one today. Yeah, quick so one. Next episode, a very long <laughs> yeah, one. Right. We heard from uh, Nir, who's, who thanked us for sharing the YouTube video, Life in a Day, that we talked about last time. See, so now you got to go see Another a decade one. on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he said he really enjoyed it. He ran uh, 10K at the Jerusalem Marathon last, uh, I guess probably two Fridays ago, with a blind runner. He wanted to do the half, but um, this gentleman needed a guide, so he downgraded. Um, so I think he's done that before mm-hmm. with, with even longer distances, I think, yeah. like half marathons. Yeah, so it's a very cool thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Heard from uh, Marky, who ran the LA Marathon. Said she's she wished she could report that marathon number two went exactly as planned, but it didn't, unfortunately. She had a rough race. She actually had a rough day just overall. So on race morning, her GPS took her the wrong way, and she ended up walking three miles to get to the shuttle bus. Which is a bummer. A bummer, yeah. yeah. But she was trying to she was trying to stay positive and just like okay, mm. that was like a three mile warm up, <laughs> you know. So um, once on the shuttle bus, it stopped working on the freeway. Instead of calling for a new bus, the driver insisted on driving on the freeway in LA traffic going five miles an hour. Took an hour to get to Dodger Stadium, which is a restart. She still had hope even after this. She said she felt physically good, mentally strong at the start. Um, but she started having stomach issues at about mile five. You were talking about stomach issues yeah. earlier today. which is, We all know that that's a total bummer mm-hmm. when that happens. So um, she was ahead of the, despite the stomach issues, she was ahead of the 430 pacer for 13 miles. And then the stomach issues started getting significantly worse. By mile 15, she had a walk. She felt so sick. She thought about maybe not finishing, but she slowly walked her way across to the finish line. So awesome for doing that because yeah. it's way to stick it out. Exactly. Um, and to top it off, she said after the race, she realized she was having an allergic reaction on her feet from her socks. And these are socks that she's worn like a million times, which is crazy. But, yeah. It's really crazy. Yeah. <laughs> she left the race really disappointed, but she knows that one race doesn't define you. And she already has plans for another marathon this year, which is CIM. Yeah. I'm waiting to try again. So yeah. 
So hopefully we'll see you at CIM. Exactly. Um, yeah, the one thing I would say with with kind of the bus issues and stuff, like I don't get nervous pre-race with anything really yeah. at all. Um, the one thing that would stress me out is kind of the logistics of getting to a race. Like if I got on a shuttle bus and something went, like they went the wrong way or they got lost or breaks, that would stress me big time. I would just be worried about like, I'm not going to get to the race in time. I'm going to miss the start type of thing. So that would drive me bonkers with stress. But yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Because I tend to, not that we're talking about what stresses us pre-race, <laughs> but um, that's one thing I don't stress about because I feel like I have no control over it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, well, that's what bothers me. Well, <laughs> it's like, I can't control this. Let's so I worry about like whether I get myself to the shuttle thing in time, whether like I fueled correctly, whether I use the bathroom as many times as I needed to, whether I put enough body glide, but like the shuttle bus, I'm like, I mean, of course I'm like, oh, I hope it doesn't break down, you know, that sort of thing, but I'm not stressing over it. Cause it's like, well, what's up on the bus? I can't do anything to get myself to the start. Right. No, so know. yeah. So it's just kind of interesting that that's what you worry about. <laughs> All right. Then we also heard from Derek who after grandma's marathon last year, he had no intention of a full marathon this year. Um, he just wanted to focus on the half distance and get a half PR, but he said he kind of, sort of just signed up for a fall marathon. <laughs> Almost saying it with guilt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He still has two chances uh, coming up in May and June to get a half PR, but then he'll be focused on the marathon and taking um, a big chunk of time off of grandma's marathon since his legs cramped up the last half of that race. Well, that was a tough race. Weather, weather didn't help at all. Not one, at so. all. Yeah. Alrighty. Is that going to do it? That's it. All right. Um, yeah, that's it for us. Uh, you'll be running AR50 this weekend. Um, if I remember and I get the chance, maybe I'll post some pictures to our Embrace Running Instagram of you at the race. No guarantee on that because I'm going to be stressing about making sure I cover my crew duties yeah. for the day. Right. If I get a chance, <laughs> You're gonna I You're going to have to add that to, to the, your list of crew duties. Uh, I'll have to. I made a checklist, so I'll add that. There you go. Um, but yeah, regardless, we'll be back on the next episode for sure with a recap of AR50. And yeah, we'll see how it goes. But um, I think you will do well. Thanks. So I hope you, I mean, I'm glad that you have uh, faith in, I, I, have so I don't faith. have too much faith right now. All right. All right. So that'll be the next one. The website for the podcast is embracerunning.com. You could find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash embrace running. Send us any comments, questions, or feedback at feedback at embracerunning.com or leave us a voicemail at 925-400-7223. If you enjoy the show, give us a review on iTunes. So until next time, embrace running.